You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hello and welcome to the Retro Detroit Nerdfighters podcast. My name is Ian the Well-Informed. I'm here with Emily the Observer, Kathy the CSA, and Phil the Ubi. Hello. And today we have a couple um, guests. We have uh, Patrick and uh, Tammy from the Autism Alliance of Michigan. And we will get to you in probably about... 20 minutes, but we will um, talk about a few topics. Feel free to talk. Um, feel free to interject. Um, um, one thing I um, wanted to talk about a little bit is um, uh, I heard about this uh, uh, new app. It's called Deepfake, and it's um, not how it sounds. It's more of a facial recognition app that a, you can put a person's face on, like someone else's body, or a um, or on video. Uh, someone came up with the clever idea of trying to use that as a uh, revenge porn. <laughs> so oh, Lord. <laughs> sounds like rule 34, rule 34 in action. It's all the rules broken <laughs> except for the first amendment somehow. <laughs> Freedom of expression. <laughs> but no. Um um so so I could put my face on a model's body in a video. Have or they been a picture? Doing yes that? and no. They've been doing <laughs> that for Photoshop, years? right? <laughs> Wasn't that what it, they did with it, it, it is Flash photo- Dance? And <laughs> I don't know, but I'm down for that. <laughs> Put on my dating yeah, apps. The- <laughs> <laughs> see, People freak just- out when they see me. They're like, oh. <laughs> that just- see, that just, just takes the tools of the professional <laughs> and it's bringing them down to the masses. <laughs> 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 And yeah. we found out what the masses like to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that goes without saying, but the biggest problem is it looks real. When I saw a video of it, I didn't see video of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it does look real. It looks oh, like it, someone's face is put on someone else's body. <laughs> but I think looks- uh, from what I hear, Daisy Ridley is a is a is a uh, is a particular topic of that uh, kind of thing. Um, Daisy Ridley, for those of you who don't know, plays Ray in the new uh, Star Wars movies. Uh, I'm not very good at keeping it's, up with names. You, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones Tammy. over here with the question marks oh, on their faces. <laughs> I, I'm still over here wondering if you can overlay app over app and do it with Bumble. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, Tammy gets me. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it just that news just kind of got under my skin, and uh. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, not to be funny, just really, just. I see a slew of problems with that. There, oh my gosh! So whose whose body did you see your face on, Ian? Uh, <laughs> only me, only only me. I have no comment to that. Thank you. <laughs> no. 
Or how uh, much was it? I guess how much was the download? It, <laughs> it's an app on a phone. <laughs> So, so about ninety nine cents probably. <laughs> yeah, ninety nine cents, something like that. Um, could be free. Haven't checked it out too much, but yeah, um, I yeah, it just kind of gets under my skin a bit, and um, kind of like um, microtransactions in games, right? Uh huh. Yes, and uh, they're. For those of you who are keeping track, they they're gonna be they're gonna sneak back into Star Wars Battlefront Two at any point, which we've discussed quite a bit in the past here, and um, they're gonna be coming back. So I guess I'm gonna continue to not buy that game. Yeah, I mean, um, a couple episodes ago we had Bob in here, Bob the sales guy, and we talked about how he actually likes the game. And I respect that for that. Oh, that yeah, totally. I, I you know, it's, it's his opinion. He can spend his time however he chooses. Yeah. I he, have heard it is a fine game when you take it on its own. Yeah. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. <laughs> but no, I'm like, in the next couple of months, I'll be like, yay, more loot boxes. <laughs> but. It's just kind of unfortunate that games today want microtransactions within their game because, like, EA and other games, it's kind of a form of gambling that to get items, you get different skins and make it um, the same skin multiple times. So, <laughs> and other, like, Governments are now um, letting go, um, trying to ban microtransactions within games. So that's kind of like the gaming society that we're used to now. And um, yeah, I know, I know there's quite a few uh, governments in Europe that are taking a very close look at these kind of things. Um, I think Belgium's pretty, pretty uh, going to take a pretty deep look into it. Um, in the states, we have a, a representative from Hawaii who's uh, looking, trying to raise some noise on this. Um, not sure how that's gonna go down in here in the states, but uh, we'll keep our eye on that. Yeah, and um, so yeah, um, I want to get a little bit more into um, less into. Um, Government, uh, government stepping in to do things wrong and more government stepping in to do things right. And that's, um, a little bit of, um, like talking about nonprofits, talking about, um, um, a little bit about, uh, Autism Alliance, um, how they, um, how they try to uh, serve the public, um, try to inform and make aware of people with disabilities, not just autism. Um, that's why I brought in Tammy today, and I wanted to speak a little bit about how um, your programs work. Yeah, yeah our, I mean, our, one of our, of course, our biggest government connections has been 
the Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly. And so we have this, you know, some window of opportunity because he has a child on the spectrum and was passionate. And um, so he's opened some doors for our organization um, just to, to get in to start doing some of the work. So um, so that started out with um, passing insurance legislation, right, which was the very first, I think, work of the Autism Alliance, um, which was in 2012. And that was the first health care insurance that had been passed in Michigan in over 13 years was that kids who had autism had health care benefits, um, which seems like a no-brainer. But you, you know, as a clinician or a medical person prior to that, if somebody had autism, you didn't include that in the chart. You tried to hide that as long as you can uh, or as long as you could and, and use some other terms um, and uh, so that things would be covered. And once that lifelong disorder of autism was documented somewhere, um, somebody goofed then that that you know person was cut off of services so that doesn't happen anymore um so but there that just started uh, just a ball rolling because of obviously there was a lot more to do than just health care um now when did that start when did that begin yeah, so the it took about four years probably from 2008 until 2012 to get the insurance legislation passed. And then 2013, um, there needed to be a Medicaid bill because that was just private insurers. Um, and then, you know, continue sort of policy since then. So we've worked on things like um, including people with autism in uh uh, community technical schools and high school, so they where they were excluded before, and seclusion and restraint ban, which was you know one of that uh, just passed in December of last year, that was um, kind of unheard of. You know, you you're not allowed to restrain people in prisons or in hospitals, and but you could still restrain and seclude people in schools. So that um, passed uh, uh, the end of 2016. It was been has been implemented since September. So um, so. So, you know, there's a lot, so much more to do, but those, it's, uh, we're fairly young as nonprofits go. Many in the state are, you know, 75 years old. We've been around for nine years. Um, but so, and we're a lifespan program. So it started with children's health insurance, but of course we spend a lot more time in adulthood or trying to, trying to be in adulthood than, uh, than we do as kids. So there's a lot to do there as well. Okay. So, um, I get a lot of friends who hear about you and they say that you are an affiliate of Autism Speaks. And I know, I know to a level that's not true. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how your program works and how it contrasts to them? Yeah. Yeah, there's no, actually no formal affiliation at all. The Autism Speaks um, is a national organization, uh, now international organization. Um, it has a different mission and vision. Um, when they started, they were all about research and cure and finding a cure for autism, um, which was not our mission. Ours was really grassroots improving quality of life. Um, and so uh, and they've recently changed that because, of course, they've gotten some flack from people who don't want to be fixed or cured. Um, and so they're, um, 
you know, we do know some of their leadership and folks. One of the, one of the arms of Autism Speaks is actually an, a legal arm. And so they, that, those are folks that have done things like healthcare insurance, um, GPS policies, things like that, where there's been some overlap when we've worked together, but they're, uh, you know, we don't have a formal affiliation. We've had a different direction. Um, and there are other national organizations, autism societies, where there are chapters. The reason that the Autism Alliance was formed was that um, even though there were these bigger organizations, they weren't really doing a lot in Michigan. Um, so there are other states where they had a bigger presence um, and and spent more time, um, but they really um, just did a fundraising walk here, and the, and the work um, wasn't being done. So that's why the Autism Alliance was created, and it's truly an alliance. There are, you know, we have networks of providers of. Uh, attorneys of families of educators so um, it, it's it's a hard mob to define but um, that's really uh, out of the words I would say because as you said we do more than just autism we don't turn anybody away and autism doesn't happen in a, in a vacuum um, and so folks who have autism have other um, issues sometimes autism is a, is a small part of the problem and anxiety or or some other life circumstance is a much bigger problem and um, and and then, of course, our work has taken us outside of Michigan. So we've done safety training in many other states for first responders. And our employment work has taken us to California and Wisconsin and some other work, other states. So out of our name, you know, Alliance, I'd have to say, is my my favorite word of that mouthful. So. Alliance. Uh, yeah. Um, so I know that you know people who um, – and. You have a friend of mine that has been through your program and has gotten successful hire and um, has um, um, I know that um, that your company is really good. You're a, uh, a nonprofit, a five hundred one c three, and um, I. <laughs> I've seen your work and I know that you do a great job at being inclusive. Um, but yeah, um, um, so, um, I just a little bit hard to speak about this because, um, yeah. just Did a little about bit. the employment piece. Could you want me to share a little bit more about that with that, Emily? Would that be? So, yeah. yeah, so, you know, we, um, um, you know, we sort of say we fell into employment work. We never, um, we, we've sort of let the population drive us in where we need to go. And so we were doing other work, case management, insurance, other things. And our work wasn't in direct service. It was to refer people to the alliance of other services in the state and just help them get there. Right. And so as a nonprofit, I will tell you, sometimes it's really challenging. It doesn't help fundraising. Um, you know, my analogy is I always tell people, you know, I've worked in hospitals uh, most of my life. And so you get the grateful patients who want to donate money. We never get that, right? We're the pilot. So we get you there. And when you come home from your all-inclusive vacation in Mexico, you don't come home and tell everybody how great the flight was. You talk about the resort and the free drinks, right? So uh, nobody says, you know, the pilot was really great unless something goes wrong. And that's sort of what we get, right? Um, nobody remembers later how they got that insurance and how that was covered and who referred them to that place. They remember the 
person who ultimately helped him later. So, so we did a, we do a lot of referrals, but employment was our most frustrating because those folks would bounce back. So we'd make referrals to the existing agencies and state services and they'd call back six months, a year later, two years later, still didn't have a job. And they were told things like, you're too difficult to place. You should just volunteer. Um, you know, we can't, uh, we can't open a case for you. And, um, but they technically met all of the eligibility requirements. So, so it, 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 and then we did a lot of consulting of what, um, we call job and jeopardy work. So where folks would be terminated because there was a misunderstanding on the job. And it was 99% of the time just a misunderstanding. And so we did a couple of years. I have a PowerPoint deck, my deck that I call my he's not a jerk deck. Cause that's all I did was go out and tell companies and try to mediate that this was just a misunderstanding, right? Uh, you might have said something too honestly or, um, you know, most of the time it was true, right? That wasn't a great presentation that your coworker Sally did. Uh, <laughs> and so it was a lot of that. So we just decided let's get in front of this. And so we just put together our own program. And so what's different is in disability employment, you know, historically, folks didn't have a lot of opportunities. We talked about the four Fs of employment for people with disabilities, right? Food, flowers, filth, um, and fun, your arcades and your amusement parks and stuff. That's the only place people were given opportunities. And so we um, uh, wanted to show that this is a very diverse spectrum. We have folks that have PhDs and two master's degrees, and we have folks who have a lot of challenges and struggle and might never work, you know, independently without some supports. Um, but we wanted to show that. And we also wanted to show that what had been done previously was people would have just one job, so just in a warehouse, right, just doing stock or something. And we wanted to show that um, folks um, with autism and related disabilities could do anything. So that's really where we focused is when we go to a company, we say, because often people bring us in and say we have the perfect job for autism, it's an IT <laughs> job, or it's a, you know, whatever it is. And we say, that's great, but we want to look at all of your jobs. All right. Yeah, it's... It's a very good cause, and I um, it plays to a um, very good tone that you're trying to be inclusive and so I mean, trying to help within like the disabled community and Michigan, and um, it paints a good uh, note for you. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about music, a little bit more about. Um, should I say not being sharp, but <laughs> at this moment, but yeah, I want to bring up Patrick and yeah. ask him about, um, hello. Like, hello, how are you? Good, and you? <laughs> good. All I, right. Ah, uh, uh, good and good. Ah, uh, I'm happy we're still alive in here. Thank you. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> but no, um, tell us a little bit about like, um, a little bit like, what type of music you like to listen to? What type of music you like oh, to play? Well, actually, I I, uh, I used to work for a local record store chain and everything. So um, I went in listening to uh, heavy metal and stuff like that, the cheese metal stuff, kind of the hair metal. And then I came out listening to jazz, country, folk, I, best thing that ever happened. So, And actually, I like playing anything, really. So any kind of music really is good. So, 
just not five finger death punch, correct? No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> Hurts my throat even hearing the same sometimes, you know, I'm like lozenge. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's I mean, a lot of fun. But give us an example. Give us something you like to play with. I know that you like um, your bass. And, yeah. Um, yeah, because I always bring it into work to practice. Well, not all. Well, almost always to practice. It's unamplified, but still I can hear it. I can feel it. As far as the bass, you got to know the groove and whatnot. So I like, you know, I like playing anything from, uh, um, let's see, if, Mostly Motown right now, like all the like like uh, Temptations, Four Tops, CB Wonder, stuff like that. Just <laughs> the groove is Love so it. fantastic, and it's you, you can't help but get into it. And uh, you know, basically, it's it like I said, it's a lot of fun. I uh, the only re- regret I have is that I wish I would have started earlier because I started when I was nineteen. So, have you played anywhere lately, Patrick? Not lately. I'm still trying. I'm actually still looking for another project to play out in, and maybe covers, which is basically playing other, you know, other band songs, uh, hit songs here and there, or else what I specialize in is originals, writing my own stuff. So, and most of your music is you'd classify as alternative, correct? Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Alternative, which I'm still trying to figure out. What exactly that? I think that's mostly a catch-all category these yeah. days. Yeah, yep. Exactly. You don't know where else to put it. You put it into alternative. Yeah, and as far as if you ask any musician, they'll they'll even have a hard time classifying their own stuff because we're all just like thinking, we're all like you know, coming up with something new and different and everything. So it's harder for us to to classify. But yeah, yeah. at right. the same time, it's just. Getting our influences in there too, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And most of the people here like alternative music. Mm-hmm. Me, for example, I'm more of a um, uh, heavy metal oh, type of person. <laughs> you mean in this room? Yes, in this room. <laughs> no, no. All the people that are um, who made the app for deep fake. That's what I'm getting at. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even uh, listen to music on the radio. Patrick knows. Uh, He's my buddy. I listen to the comedy channels on Sirius. That's all I listen to in the car. I barely listen to radio you, either. Are you serious? I am serious exam. Serious. Oh, okay. That is really serious. Uh, um, I'm more of a um, little bit of bounce on um, um, WDFN. Um I forget what. 105.1, The Bounce? Yes. Just, oh, is that just a, radio a little. It is. Just it's like what? 90s hip hop and R&B. It's oh, excellent. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe not for like so much of a morning jam, but maybe okay. like, you know, you're getting ready, going out. I don't know. It's I was more thinking of a, about her comedy thing, right? It's a time of day because I'll do yeah. comedy. I do it in the too, car. All it's the, uh, yeah. like at night, you know. <laughs> all the time in yeah. the car. Or if I'm at home making lunch, I turn on like 94. Classic rock. Uh, That's it. Yeah. I'm pretty much Spotify and true crime podcasts. Oh. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> no, just yeah. So, not to speak about comedy, but more about um, getting to the beat and getting to the bass. Uh, only you were wanting. Um, you're here 
more as a guest today because you're kind of running um, a thing called Fish Hackathon, which I want to say for hackathons and fish, I'm kind of out of water. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me help you reel it in. Oh, ah. right. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, ding my own bell. Uh, um, yeah, no, I'd love to talk about Fish Hackathon. So, I mean, they're definitely a funny name, uh, but basically it's pretty simple as it can get. Hackathon mixed with environmental challenges surrounding fisheries um, is the idea with this event. So actually it's um, being put on or, or the event company um, is called Hacker Nest. Um, they're a nonprofit out of Toronto um, that does a lot of tech socials. They also host a lot of tech-focused events, including hackathons. Um, they actually have a tech social here in Detroit um, that – um, meets every couple months. It's not a monthly meetup like IT in the D or anything like that, but um, they do have a local chapter that that meets um, every couple months. And so they've pretty much um, partnered, Hackerness has partnered with the U.S. government who originally um, started the Fish Hackathon in 2014 um, out of the um, Secretary's Office of Global Partnerships. Um, so Hackerness has partnered with them uh, to bring this event to over 65 cities around the world. Uh, so it is a global hackathon. Um, it is uh, all taking place on the same day everywhere around the globe, which is kind of cool. So um, here in Detroit, well, I guess everywhere, um, the hackathon itself is is taking place on February 10th and 11th. Um, I think there's only one city um, that is not taking place on that part. And I think they had a music festival somewhere in Sweden <laughs> that they couldn't they couldn't use some space there because of it, which is pretty interesting. But um, yeah, the hackathon is essentially centered around um, some challenge sets. Um, that are uh, focused on enforcement, marketplace, and sustainability within um, the waterways and fisheries, uh, specifically for us in the U.S., um, and some challenges that we have behind there and how we can better enforce um, some laws and regulations around keeping our waters uh, clean and safe uh, for for fisheries as well as for, for us and other environmental challenges. All right. So, yeah, it's – I, I did a little research there. It is a registered 501c3 based in Canada. And um, so one question, a little funny. You're, you're not hey, – they're not casting their nets to catch fish. They're casting their net to – not catch fish, correct? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I think that, you know, obviously fish are um, – is something that we utilize as food as humans, you know, but I think it's more around the idea of how to have sustainable practices around fishing. Uh, and then also there is a lot of, a lot of fisheries in the U.S. even where it's, it's almost like farming. Um, so keeping that a sustainable practice as well. So, you know, there are, um, farm environments where they are farming fish, um, as well as live environments. Um, so it's really kind of centered around, um, you know, keeping the oceans clean, what we can do to create laws and, and enforcement around um, some of the things that are in place. Um, and Challenge Sets itself is really projects, you know, maybe a digital space for, you know, uh, or a new app or something that people can use. Um, so really it's kind of up to the teams uh, getting together on how they want to approach this. Um, they'll be instructed on their um, their challenge sets um, at the beginning of the hackathon um, and usually, you know, using their creativity and, and their skills in the development space as well as, you know, other people who are, you know, maybe um, industry experts 
advocates or someone who just has a passion for the environment, um, they would be someone who would be an excellent addition to a team, um, even if they don't have coding skills, because uh, there will be a lot of developers there as well. So um, sometimes people get together in teams prior to the event. Sometimes people go solo and then join up with other people at the event as well. So it's really kind of open to anyone who'd be interested in in this event. And um, if you're familiar with hackathons, which I actually wasn't when I started organizing this, um, I just thought it'd be a good way to get involved. And, and the, the topic itself is something that I feel passionate about. Um, but it is not a 24-hour hackathon. Um, it's actually taking place two separate days um, at Wayne State University. Uh, so we're doing basically 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Saturday, the 10th, and then um, 9 a.m. to about 8 p.m. Um, on the 11th. So um, this is a competition, you know, just like other hackathons from what I understand. And um, the grand prize is actually pretty cool. Uh, um, Amazon Web Services is a global sponsor of the event. So all the cities, yeah. <laughs> Yay, Amazon. I love your Prime membership. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, but they are um, donating a $5,000 uh, credit towards Amazon Web Services to the grand prize winner at each city. Um, so that is an effect in Detroit, which is really cool. Um, so definitely get your teams together and, um, you know, battle it out for the grand prize. Uh, we're also working with Bamboo Detroit um, on some final details on, um, you know, maybe it's maybe the second place prize. Um for uh, a group to be able to have a month free um, space in their in their space here in Detroit, um, and then we also have a photographer lined up who is donating an awesome. Um, it's a basically a metal print, so he's doing these metal prints where you can um, you know probably do anything that you have, but he does a lot of Detroit photography um, on a piece of metal, and then it you know has this this really cool. Um, texture and effect to the photo. So he's donating that as well. Um, so we haven't decided how we're going to handle that prize, obviously, as a team, you know, one prize thing. Um, but yeah, so there's definitely a lot of cool stuff going on. And um, the uh, hackathon itself will be at, like I said, Wayne State on February 10th and 11th. Um, and that is going to be held in the undergraduate library there. So uh, we do have a website. It's fishhackathon.org. Uh, fishhackathon.hackernest.org. Um, so we can, um, you know, just take a look at Hackernest, Fish Hackathon to Detroit, and you'll find some information on how you get uh, signed up to participate or if you're interested in volunteering um, or acting as a mentor, we're still um, taking um, information on that as well. And basically, um, you said it was open source. It was... Uh I, I cannot speak to the technology um, because I I'm not a technical person as you know, but but like I said, you know it, it's definitely people are bringing their own computers, uh, so whatever they have that's available to them, or maybe they have applications or things that they already utilize. Um, so it's not being you know um, tabled to one type of technology, um, whatever it is that you want to use to effectively uh, complete your project. It's pretty much up to you, okay. from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, just it's basically a free for all. It's a competition. Yes, yep. It's yeah, and I don't know about any, uh, anyone here, but I am looking to be there at least a few hours within Saturday to just uh, volunteer and possibly mentor. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, and we're like I said, we're definitely welcoming anyone who's interested in volunteering, or if you have information or want more information on how you can participate, whether it be as you know a contestant or a, <laughs> as a competitor, um, or working with our organizers to help run the event. And fantastic job, Emily, bringing it to Detroit. <laughs> 
Yeah. Ian told me that you were involved with it, but I didn't realize until today that you were heading it up, that you. Yeah, I'm working with um, a couple other Mm co-organizers in the city, luckily, uh, because I'm actually not going to be able to be at the event. Because I'll be traveling, but they um, good, they good are cause, yeah good reason absolutely and I mean people that we are looking at for mentors are people who are you know industry experts people at the university even who are in the biological department um, who have um, you know interest in this space uh, especially as mentors and judges um, to be able to take a look at the projects and say yeah that that's something that would really really be effective um, but the my other two organizers shout out to you Shanamit who've been helping me out here <laughs> um, they're they're going to do an excellent job and their technology themselves. Um, so they should be able to do a great job as mentors as well. And is there things that other people can do, like for myself, who is also like not IT knowledgeable? Is there yeah. things that they that could be helpful if they wanted to come down? And absolutely. Volunteer? Yeah. If I, I mean, wanted to come down. Absolutely. So I mean, there's going to be, um, you know, we're working on catering. So we're going to be, you know, setting up food. Uh, we're definitely going to have kind of like a, a set up and tear down time Sunday, Saturday morning and Sunday morning. So having volunteers there to help with that, um, helping with registration, um, you know, just kind of being there in okay. case people have questions. Um, you know, this is something that we're we're definitely not professional organizers by any means, um, but it's it's been a great experience for me, and I think that um, you know anyone who has you know an interest in this particular you know topic mm-hmm. even uh, would be great. And everyone should. Yeah, and, absolutely. It, this is this is so huge. Yeah, it's, you know, protect the seas or we're, right, ooh. right. Yeah, it we'll seems to me the variety trouble. of topics which they'd have to go in and look at the challenges. Yeah, covered everything from identifying fish to um, photography to things to, to feeding. Absolutely. For, yeah, tons of different, uh, tons of different topics, and it, and you know, it, it's something that I think will spawn some creativity depending on what your interests are. Um, usually, what what happens even in when you're in college, you know, it's like you you have these topics of things, you know, write a paper about whatever it is you want, and and things get people get passionate about, you know, what their interests are, and I think that'll be the same thing here, um, you know, same. You know, I think that even in me just getting to know what hackathons are, you don't necessarily have to be a developer to be part of a hackathon. Um, you know, designers, graphic designers, um, you know, people who are, again, industry experts into environmental, um, you know, challenges like this uh, to be able to lend your, your knowledge and your thoughts to people who maybe are more technical um, to be able to kind of put that project together. Yeah. And <laughs> I, mean, I kind of I, I Take it from a perspective that I have a master's in cybersecurity, so I have never went to a hack. I've never went to a hackathon, and I should be because I've um, uh, been invited to once a month for the last three years. So <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> you definitely, definitely check it out. And there's yeah. always ways to get together with a team to come up with the greatest out- I'm, outcome. I'm so curious. I, you'll have to. You f- do a follow up, right? Because it's global. Mm-hmm. Because I've done just healthcare yeah. hackathons, right? And the the challenges. Well, I guess they they vary too, but just globally based on location, the yeah. challenges uh, may be quite different, right? East Coast Absolutely. To Canada versus you know Detroit. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that that's another good point is mm-hmm. that um, each city does have a local challenge. Um, and so really kind of taking a look at, you know, what are challenges in Detroit? Um, and I know people get, especially now, I feel like Detroit's on this like uptick and people get really passionate about their city. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, what um, solutions they come up with for the local challenge, um, as well.
well as, you know, how you mentioned it being a global hackathon, seeing the outcome of that. And there is a global winner as well. So winners from each city will be kind of put into a pot to see who is going to be kind of the global winner. Um, and they'll also get an additional benefit from Amazon Web Services. They'll have a blog um, and a special article uh, specifically around their project. But I mean, obviously, challenges in a third world country are going to be much different than we have here, um, you know, in Detroit or in even larger cities. You look to Chicago, um, who has different sets of, of challenges. You look to Flint. Um, they've definitely had their own sets of challenges, even outside of just the fisheries specifically. Uh, but this is really something that could be specific to a city as well as, you know, the, the different areas of the world. Awesome, awesome. And um, I'm going to end with one more topic. Um, there is a event happening the same day called Astronomicon that's going to feature um, many like pro wrestlers and other things. But um, one reason I'm wanting to go is that there's this YouTube star, like uh, kind of like a legend before YouTube. His name is the Angry Video Game Nerd. Um, at one point, he um, he plays like the retro games. He plays like the NES, the Nintendos, the Atari 2600s, the Super Nintendo games. And at one point in my life, I had um, had two very rare cases for a game called the Nintendo World Championships. And yes, there was an actual disc on there where you could play it and um, it just just like any other Nintendo game, but um, you would try to get um, people who would play it would eh, put their um, records onto their official site and see who would um, have the best score best time on the game and um i sold them to i sold my two copies to a couple people and i have a um there is a very good chance that um avgn the angry video game nerd actually has one of my (laughs) original cartridges so i have to ask him about that (laughs) Be careful or he'll might uh, body slam you like he did Bugs Bunny in that one episode. <laughs> no, we share the same face. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, um, does anyone have anything to add about um, Astronomicon or Fish Hackathon? Any other questions? Oh, no. I think I covered quite a bit. <laughs> I know. I, I, I just, I'm just rehashing it. Yeah, um. yeah, no, for sure. Well, definitely, um, if you have interest in the event, um, uh, like I said, Fish Hackathon, um, it's basically fish, the two words sharing the H in the middle. <laughs> so Google it, it'll come up, um, and there are some contact uh, information on there as well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, Emily, where can we find you? Um, I am not on Twitter. Well, I am, but I, I never go on there. <laughs> but um, I am on uh, Facebook, Emily Sheravino. Um, and my um, email for Hackathon, if you're interested, is emily.sheravino, C-I-A-R-A-V-I-N-O, at hackernest.com. All right. Tammy, where can we find you? 
the Autism Alliance's um, probably website is uh, best, and it is aaomi.org. That's aaomi Autism Alliance of Michigan. dot org. All right, uh, Patrick, where can we find you? Uh, just on Facebook under Patrick Breen, and there's probably a, a few of them, but anyway. Just friend any of them, whatever. Um, <laughs> or else uh, on Twitter, Patrick Brain Eleven. Oh, uh, what about SoundCloud? Uh, yeah, SoundCloud. Look under. Yeah, there's a Patrick Brain account on there. So yeah, I just got a few uh, songs on there. Um, Phil, where can we find you? Um, you can find me at the uh, Retro Detroit uh, Nerd Fighters Twitter account. That is RD Nerd Fighters. And uh, I'll uh, be uh, Googling uh, anything pink that uh, we can put up there. Um, when I'm not there, you can find yeah. me probably hemming and hawing at Best Buy over whether or not I should buy Monster Hunter World because I hear it's really good, but I have no idea how I'll ever find time to play it. Play Monster Hunter World and I'll um, get on deep fake and Put your face on a pink Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, Kathy, we love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we will find you somewhere. We will find you here. But next yeah. time. Yes, we will find you next time wherever fine podcasts are sold on the Podcast Detroit Network. Um, thank you. Um, the FTBA, don't forget. Uh, don't forget, Don't forget to, to be, be awesome. awesome.